Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, and excited podcasting host. So today we have a majority of families who are working in these busy households with these busy schedules. And with a majority of both parents working full time while managing a family, finding one-on-one time with your little sugar, it almost seems impossible. I, I know, I've been there. And I want to encourage you all out there because not only was I there with the little ones, but I'm there with you today trying to find times as the kids get older and when they're younger, how to fit just that good one-on-one time in there. And not only just one-on-one time, but making it meaningful time to give them what they need in the moment. And that juggling act between work and home and trying to maintain a social life, if you can, (laughs) and self-care, it is, oh my gosh, it's no joke out there. And it just seems like anything extra seems daunting. It seems like, why are you asking me to do this? And of course, I'm here on this podcast asking you guys to do things all the time, but I try to do it in a way to where it fits into your world. And it's not something that feels like another thing to do. And that's why I always say with well intention, because if you think about it a little bit, then it's not that bad. But if you don't think about it, then it just feels like another task and you don't do it because you're like, I don't have the energy to do another task. I'm tired. I understand because I'm tired a lot (laughs) and I push through. (laughs) And I know it's like when you don't spend that extra time, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm ruining my kid. They're going to think I don't love them. And man, no, that's not true. There's no lack of love there. It's just be tired and it's fair to be tired and it's okay to say I'm tired but I'm gonna still help you out today so my topic was inspired by a conversation that my cousin and I had because she too is just as busy as I am and all you other moms and dads out there and so she has two children and she's married so it's a two-parent household so it's you know she has somebody to bounce you know the babies off of so she's not doing it alone and for all you single parents out there my mom was a single mom I understand that's work that's a lot of work I tip my hats off to you guys but she's a mom of two and she's working full-time and she goes to school full-time she has a school ager she waited a lot of time in between (laughs) to have her uh, second little sugar and There's guilt because, you know, finding that balance of, well, I still want to pursue my dreams and ambitions while I'm giving them what they need. Like, that's a that's a tough one. That's, you know, the pendulum is shifting back and forth and somewhere in there you got to find that balance. And so I want you guys to know it's okay to still pursue the things that you pursued prior to having your little sugar within reason. And it's okay to find that balance that works for you and your household to to make sure that everybody's happy and everybody's getting fed the way that they need to get fed, Um, which simply means that you're getting what you need in order to be a balanced, happy person. So hopefully I'm hoping these tips will help you because she and I talked about this for a while. So here we go, y'all. All right. Tip number one. When you're with your little sugar. Especially at the toddler age, 
and you want to build language. The best way to build language in a toddler is to take a backseat to talking. I know that sounds like it makes absolutely no sense. Think of this or think of it like this. If you're always the one initiating the conversation and leading and guiding the conversation, it's difficult to build language or expand language. And even for your school ager, especially for little boys who want to give the one short answer, how was your day? Good. What did you do? Work. Was it a good day? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you might want a little bit more, but you could work on that while they're young and you can work on it with them too. Give me a second to explain. So with your toddler, this is what you do. When I say take a backseat to talking, that simply means this. Let them lead the conversation. You might initiate the conversation, but then you let them go off with it, right? So if you say, what are we doing today? Play. Well, what are we going to play? Show me. Show me is like the favorite because now they've got to use some describing words. We going to play with the red car. Oh, man, this is about to be great. So we're going to play with the red car. Then what's next? That's in the moment. That's something that you can do on the way to school. That's something that you can do on the way to work. That's something that you can do anytime. At the end of the day, just take a backseat to talking. Emphasize what they say. So if they say something, reiterate it. Maybe add a few words to it to give your little talking points to keep the conversation going. Then they'll give you more information. And that way you're not feeling like I have to pull and keep pulling and poking and prodding them for language. But if I ask more of an open-ended question and then kind of take a back seat, and if I exercise that three-second rule to talking, then I don't have to lead. They get to do all the talking. My voice gets a break and everybody's happy. So that's my first tip. For your school-agers, same thing. In a different way, though, don't reiterate everything that they say. Like, don't repeat everything that they say. <laughs> what you can do today is tell me about your day at school. So instead of saying, how was your day? Tell me about your day at school. They can't answer good there because then you can say, well, that doesn't make any sense. So they'll have to give you a real answer and then they'll go on and on and on. Or you can ask them, tell me about your favorite part of school. And that's a different way to get in there without giving the same question and then giving you the same answer. And you got tired of hearing that same one liner. And so after a while, you just kind of give up because, again, you want to keep those lines of communication open. So once they hit that junior high school age and high school age, you guys are used to having conversations with each other and they feel like they can come to you about anything because you've been listening all along. So that's why we take a backseat early. Tip number two. Use everyday moments to expand your child's language. So I kind of talked about this in tip number one. You can talk to your little sugar throughout the day, through everyday tasks, just with well-intended thoughts about what you want to get out of them, like just have a goal in mind. Use those everyday moments. So if you're dropping your little sugar off to school, that's five minutes of good conversation you guys could be having to set them up for the day. What are we going to do first? Oh, put backpack in cubby. Yep, let's go put the backpack in the cubby. 
All right, buddy, what are we going to do next? Oh, we're going to go and play with the blocks. Oh, awesome. What are you going to build with the blocks? Then they'll start telling you about that, right? So that's another way that you're building up language and you're getting that conversation going and you're showing them that you're interested in what they're interested in. Oh, man. I can't wait for you to tell me when I come back to get you what you built. I know it's going to be awesome. I know it's going to be wonderful. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be the Eiffel Tower. You are amazing. Everything that you touch is golden. Like, and they're going to be all built up like, yeah, she's right. (laughs) Yeah, daddy's right. Yeah, mommy's right. Everything I do touch is golden and everything I make is amazing. And then everybody's ready to have a good day. And you guys have had that moment together to kind of get in there. And if they're having a rough day, and if you know they're having a rough day, you can even use that as a moment to get some more language in and more conversation out of them to kind of talk them down a little bit. So if they're going in there and you know they don't want to leave you, and we've all been there to where you know, like, drop off is going to be one of those days. (laughs) It's funny. No parent ever forgets those days. Uh, And they're giving you that look. (laughs) You know, the the tears are coming. (laughs) You can say to them, it's not funny, but oh my gosh, it makes me so sad. Oh my gosh, it makes me sad. Oh my goodness. And then if they know that you feel the emotions, then they start putting it on really thick. Oh yeah, you got to start encouraging them. Be strong. But you can even use those moments to be like, oh, buddy, I know I know you don't want to do this today, but guess what? I'll be here at the end of the day. Tell me about some of the amazing things that you're going to do. You have so many options with that to kind of just talk them down and remind them like, yeah, it's okay to feel that emotion, but also know at the end of the day, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be here to listen to everything that you did. And we're going to have that time in the car or on the walk home to talk about it. Let's dialogue about it. I want to hear all about it. And it just gives them that confidence that mom and dad, the people around me, value my life and my world and and what I want to do. And that doesn't take extra time out of your day because I know the schedule is busy. I know it like our schedules nowadays are insane. And so this is just a way to use those everyday moments to get that conversation going and to still let it be quality time during those times that you guys are together. I touched on this as well. I cannot overemphasize the importance of using and asking open-ended questions. Open-ended questions are a gift, especially for parents. I'm a talker. And once I had my kids, I slowed down because they talk so much. (laughs) That's just... I don't have a need anymore. I don't have a whole lot to say, (laughs) except for here. (laughs) But asking open-ended questions, it helps them lead the conversation and it helps them build their vocabulary. So they have to think about it. If you give them a tell me or show me or explain to me something along those, those lines to where they have to describe what happened in detail and then you can pull out more information, Let's go back to tell me about that day. So you're in the car and it's, oh man, tell me about your day. I paid. Oh, what did you play? I paid on the slide. Oh man, did, who did you play on the slide with? I paid on the slide with little Megan. Oh man, how did you guys go down the slide? We went down the slide doing, and then it's going to turn into something just 
They're just going to go on and on and on and on and on and on. Tell me about the slide. What color was the slide? Oh, the slide was blue. Oh, man, I love a good blue slide. Was it a slippery slide? Was it a, you know, and that way you're starting to build more stuff into them. Oh, now they got to think about the color of the slide. But you haven't showed them a flashcard. They've got to use that memory and that working memory to kind of go back and be like, what color was that slide? She's right. So it'll keep them on their toes and it'll keep you on your toes and it gets you out of the everyday kind of, what did you do? And that way you don't have to worry about those rote answers. You're actually getting real conversation and real dialogue out of them and real information. What happened differently today in school? Well, you can't give one answer to that. You got to say something. And they got to think about it. And my son is infamous for being like, uh, give me a second. And then if he has nothing, he'll be like, I'll tell you about it at dinner. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) He usually does. (laughs) And then for my daughter, she's so used to it. She's like, I'll just get it over with on the front end and not have to deal with her later. So she'll tell me. But for him, he's like, I don't want to be bothered, but I'll give the lady what she wants later. (laughs) (laughs) tip number four during story time read books that are more advanced to expose them to new vocabulary so this this shifts from that conversation right we're no longer talking about us going back and forth but it can be an opportunity for conversation so when you're reading a book you have to make some decisions before open the book it is that serious It is that serious. You have to decide who's in charge. Am I holding the book? Are they holding the book? Are we reading word for word? Are we just scanning and looking at pictures? Are we making up stories? What are we doing? Because whatever you start with is what you want to end with. So if you started reading the word, don't stop and start asking questions. You're going to lose their attention. They're going to run off on you and go do something else. But if you Go through the book, read it, especially if it's a night to where you know they really don't want to listen to that story. You can speed up your pace (laughs) and get through that story really fast. And on other occasions, when it seems like you guys just want to talk and maybe there hadn't been a whole lot of talk time, you guys can then look at the pictures together. Tell me about what you see. Oh, man, look at that little girl. Look at the look on her face. Why is she crying? Or, oh, man, that son has a face. Do sons really have faces? Have you ever seen a son with a face? I ain't never seen a son with a face. That's some silly stuff. And it gets them into that. And it gets them thinking about what's realistic, what's reality, and what's not. And so you're able to like build up their thinking and their thought process. And we call it in our world, in speech world, the theory of mind. And that's being able to get outside of their world and see things from other people's perspectives. So yes, during story time, it is that important. And I will say for my little shuggies who are three and under, okay, four and under, do not let them hold the book because they are terrible at holding the book. I know they think they're amazing at holding the books, but they are not amazing at holding the books unless they're doing it on their own. (laughs) Usually you want to have control of that book because they're usually flipping through there and nobody's getting not much in there unless they, you know, sometimes there's a seasoned veteran at two or three who knows how to kind of one page at a time. But for a majority of those little sugars, just hold on to the book for them. Let them turn the page. Give them something to look forward to that'll also build up their attention during that story. Last tip, number five. 
do not allow the older siblings to anticipate or talk for your little shuggies. Because remember, we're trying to build language. We're trying to build that time. And so let's get back to after school. It's after school. We've got the sugars. They're in the car. And you're like, hey, little sugar, how was your day? And then the big one was like, he's on the playground. And then he kicked the ball and I seen him right after the girl. And you're like, whoa, whoa, I wasn't even talking to you. It's okay to say that. I do it all the time. Just like that, too. (laughs) And I'll say, wait your turn. (laughs) And then once your turn comes. You could tell me all about it, including that, but let him tell his story and you tell your story and then all will be well in the world. So you want to make sure that the older siblings are not doing the talking for the younger siblings. So that way, the little sugars are able to build up their vocabulary on their own. And in most cases, that second child is no joke. They're already trying to keep up with the older child, but the older ones, they just want to parent. And they want to get in there and do what you do, but they're not ready. And they think they're ready, but they're not ready. And and it ends up causing problems. So don't let the little, the older sugars talk for the little sugars. And just remind everybody that I love everybody's words and I want to hear everybody's words. Everybody's going to get a turn. So those are my tips as far as just getting in there and doing stuff naturally. You could do this stuff during bath time. You can do it during dinner time. Every day moments that you're spending with your child. It doesn't have to always be carved out time, especially with these schedules. It just needs to be well-intended time. And so why do we want to follow these tips? It's, It's beneficial for them because it's occurring in their natural environment. When you're asking your little shuggy about their natural environment, they're more prone to give you more details and become more Uh, in tune with what's going on in the world around them and to analyze and observe the things that they may not have analyzed if those questions weren't being asked, right? And then it takes the stress off of you to fill in words, fill in the time with words, should I say. And I'm hoping that makes sense. Like, I don't want you to be in a position as a parent to where you feel like you're always having to fight to get information out of your little sugars Versus that it's reciprocal and they're talking and giving good information and you're talking and and feeding that information. And sometimes they're feeding you and that reciprocity, it just goes back and forth and it's a beautiful thing. And that's how you guys honestly organically build a strong relationship together. So just keep that in mind, like it's okay to talk, but it's more important to listen. It shows you where your little one is currently functioning. By listening to them and just getting in there with them and just communicating with them, it lets you know where they are. It lets you know, hey, I might need to work on this because I notice when they, you know, say this to me, it might not sound right. Or I notice that they're not using a lot of describing words or I notice they're not, they're, there's not a lot of variation in sentences. I can help with that just by talking with them. I can help with that during story time. I can help with that. You know, every single day by just thinking about what it is that they're doing and they should be doing, but I don't quite see them doing it. And first child, you read books on it and it doesn't really give you the information. Yes and no. It gives you a general idea, which is helpful. Like, don't get me wrong. That's helpful. That's a start. 
but it's by it's it's by experience. And so usually by that second child or if you you have a family like mine to where there's just been kids around all the time. I've never not remembered a time in my life where there wasn't a kid around. It's, it's so many of us. And so just being around kids all the time just kind of gives you that gauge of like, well, this is what I expect you to be doing. And this is what I expect you to be doing. And you just kind of start to know. So you want to do more of the listening to them so you can know where they are and how you can help them through the process. And if you want to put more in there, there's nothing wrong with putting as much as you can into your little sugar's life. And finally, it builds a stronger relationship because you're showing active listening. And there is nothing more powerful than listening to the thoughts and the ideas of children. Like children are some of the most precious people in the world and they have no inhibitions about expressing what's real and what's not and how they feel in in their perception on things. Like they don't have those filters to where they're concerned about how their reaction or their response might be perceived. Like they are some of the most beautiful, honest people in the world. And so just showing them that you're an active listener really helps build up their confidence and it builds up their ability to just relate to the world around them in a bigger way. And so those are my suggestions for you guys out there. And I use these myself. You're not alone. Everything that I said here, not only did I use it, but these were recommendations that I would also make in clinic because we all need help. Nobody should be an island raising their little sugar. And I'm hoping that this was super helpful to everyone out there. And if you have any questions, do not hesitate to email me at questions at I've got this I'd love to hear from you. And with just a few tweaks every day, you too can maximize your child's speech, language, and play skills. Are you up for the challenge to step into amazing play? Take care, guys.